Sunset Lake CBD is a majority employee-owned hemp farm located right outside of Burlington, Vermont. Before they started growing hemp, Sunset Lake Farms produced cream for Ben & Jerry's. Sunset Lake CBD doesn't use any pesticides or herbicides to grow any of its hemp plants, and they use organic fertilizer and other sustainable farming techniques to ensure the long-term health of the soil and to minimize their carbon footprint. So like all of us, my days are really stressful. By the end of the night, my kids are in bed, I'm taking a minute to chill, but I'm still unwinding. I recently started using the Relax Gummies infused with CBD isolate, reishi mushroom extract, and ashwagandha root extract. I'm really glad I tried these because they really helped me get ready for a good night of sleep, and I really think I sleep better, so I'd highly recommend it. So check out Sunset Lake CBD today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. That's sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. Farmer-owned, Vermont-grown, Sunset Lake CBD. Hey everyone, it's Cam Hurt, host of the Best Show Ever podcast, and we have got a second season coming out very soon that I am very excited about. We've got some very cool special guests, including musical acts that we all love, like Karina Reichman, Daniel Donato, Jake Brownstein from Eggy, Rick and Peter from Goose, and many more. Tune in for new episodes dropping on Osiris Media March 5th on the Best Show Ever podcast. Hey listeners. I want to tell you about a sponsor, Music Masters Collective. They're a nonprofit organization that produces unique music events, providing opportunities for fans and artists to meet and collaborate in an inspired and creative atmosphere. Every week, they host different events, all with the opportunity to learn from world-class musicians like O'Teal Burbridge, Trouble No More, former members of the band, Milk Carton Kids, Nikki Glaspie, Bill Frizzell, Sean Colvin, and many more. This June, join the Fab Faux, Joan Osborne, John Sebastian, Marshall Crenshaw, and a great group of faculty for the debut of Magical Mystery Camp. This all-inclusive, once-in-a-lifetime music vacation experience in the heart of the Catskills will be packed with nightly performances, workshops, speakers, song circles, open mics, and a lot more. If you're a performing musician at any level, bring your instrument. If you're a music lover, bring your good spirit. It's an amazing experience for individuals, friends, and couples alike. Registration is open, spots are filling up, so check it out soon. And scholarships are available. Check out magicalmysterycamp.com slash helpingfriendly to learn more. Hey, this is Robert Walter of Robert Walter's 20th Congress. This podcast is part of the Osiris Podcast Network. Podcast. Hi, Jonathan. Hi, RJ. 
<laughs> we're back. We're talking, uh, doing our 12 quick hits up to dicks. Um, we're moving on to 1991, and you could not possibly talk about 91 without talking about this this summer tour. Um, the extent of the summer tour of 91 was with um, the giant country horns, Jonathan, up until kind of, I guess, later summer when they went to Amy's farm. Yeah, I mean, I think that's right. I mean, they, they played in May, uh, stopped well before Labor uh, Memorial Day, rather. So that's not summer. Then they come nope. back and they launched the summer with the horns. They played, uh, what was it, like a dozen or so shows yeah. with them. And then they Baker's took, dozen. And then they took a week off and played Amy's Farm, capping things with a festival. It's nice when a summer is capped with a festival. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, <laughs> this... Um, well, we can talk about sort of why this was important and interesting. I think there's a few a few different things, but um, I remember getting several of these tapes from '91, oh, yeah. all re- all really high quality. Right, this is when soundboards were plentiful, and you know the horns, the arrangements. I don't know. I don't know much of the backstory. I'm not sure Trey or or the band has talked a ton about it, but it must have been a shitload of work to, you know. Although they they did have a fairly narrow catalog with the giant country horns, but to rework every song to include horns, um, out of the, however many 50 or 50 or 60 songs that they've played, that must be a lot of work, right? I think it was ambitious, uh, for a band on their scale. And I think mm-hmm. they, obviously they knocked it out of the park. I think it's interesting also that, you know, we, uh, we came up with this idea as we were space trucking in the RV to the, <laughs> in the southward direction and thinking, well, we, we should do something. And, and uh, we started talking about this idea, and I started making lists and taking notes as you were driving, and and you know we were kicking around ideas. When we got to ninety one, it was immediate that you said Arrowhead. I said, okay, yeah. yes, <laughs> right, yeah. I mean, this is like this is the one show from the that tour that I, I definitely had both both nights on tape, and I'm not sure I had many of the others. Like, I don't remember the Bayou or. The tracks show. I definitely had the Bayou show myself. You did? Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, kind of, it's my homish town. Yeah, so. yeah. And I know the Colonial Theater, which was um, one of the first ones, and the Battery Park from Burlington circulated heavily as well. But yeah, right. this one, for, for whatever reason, the, these tapes like really were um, were well circulated, partially because maybe it was several shows into it, so they were starting to... You know, they're they're all kind of similar, right? In terms of like the playing, it's not like they're they vary that much night to night, but they're probably getting better as they went on. I feel like they were hanging well together in the second half of this tour, but I think they were strong. I think they were probably well rehearsed. Um, and some of these things, like uh, the tune we're going to play here, first appeared with horns quite some time earlier. Mm, good point. That's a really good point. Yeah. So and not were, all of these charts were brand new. That's a really good point. Yeah. And there's a lot of stuff that, yeah, that did, that did feature horns, which were more one-offs, right? Uh, pretty much, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, I Certainly would, they didn't I will, do this until before. Right, right. Yeah, exactly. And I do think um, it's worth mentioning that Dawn from Female Centrics podcast had Carl Gerhardt on um, two weeks ago, maybe, uh, just this summer. And um if you haven't listened to that episode, you should, because he talks a lot about how this tour came together and the suits they were wearing and they were touring all over and sweating their asses off and wearing suits every night. And um, Carl suits Gerhard, smelled delightful. Yeah, exactly. And he, and he 
spoiler is that he does not have the suit still. And it's like, man, I should have kept that suit. But Carl Gerhardt was a, uh, basically like a childhood friend of Paige's. So that's kind of how he got introduced. And then they added um, other members of the, the giant country horns um, for this tour, I think. So pretty interesting. Um, Definitely. What, what do you think the, is there any longer term impact of this tour? Like in terms of, you know, when they moved on to, I always think about Halloween 96 having horns and that being like such a big moment for them, but that it wasn't necessarily, um, I, I don't know. I think it was a good opportunity for Trey to continue to flex his m- composer muscle, you know, building the mm-hmm. charts and whatnot. Um, I, it's always, I think it's always good for a band to kind of infuse new energies and it certainly seems to have worked well for th- for Fish at this time. Uh, they were fun, and then the shows that followed were fun. And I, I think it possibly gave them an opportunity to find new perspective on a couple of these songs as well. That's a good point, yeah. And I was just thinking, uh, you reminded me when you said that of the um, the interview that I got to do with um, with with Trey and Tom, and he was he said something like, "I do those." complicated compositions like Petrichor and um, Time Turns Elastic and things like that. Like I do those for fun, you know? Right. And this was probably one of those things that like, this was probably something that gave him a lot of satisfaction. Well, you know, I also, I I remember a story uh, at some point, John Popper, who is uh, super popular on Twitter these days, um, (laughs) he, he once said of Trey, that, you know, they were working, he was working on something, I don't remember which album, one of the first few albums uh, for Blues Traveler, and, you know, he wanted to put some horns on it, and he called Trey, and Trey's like, you should chart those, and John Popper's like, I don't know, he's like, you, this, you should do this, it would be great, and I think it's because, you know, it gives you a chance to dig into your own piece of work, I think Trey mm-hmm. found it fun, and he encouraged, he encouraged that of his peers, uh, I think that's pretty cool. Um, I don't really know what that story meant or what the point of it was, but I, I liked it. I think it was a cool story, man. I liked it. <laughs> I liked it. Uh, so should we tell them what they're going to hear? Yeah, and then we should let them hear it. Well, <laughs> let's not be crazy. <laughs> let's not get ahead of ourselves here. Yeah. But uh, so we mentioned it's Arrowhead Ranch. It's 72191 from Parksville, New York. And we're going to play the Split Open and Melt. I picked this. I'm going to say you named this the venue. We both knew what it was, where it was. We both knew what what happened there, and I, I was like, "Oh, we should do the melt." And the reason I had is because I just it's kind of a ripper, you know. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's just the arrangement with the horns is so tight and still so weird. Mm-hmm. It's a weird piece of music, and they re- really retain that. And uh, it's it's almost hard to. It's probably one of the shortest things we're going to do, um, certainly in the first half of this series. Um, and yet it doesn't feel short at all. It just like it, when it's over, you're like, wow, that was only that thing was really a good a handful blast. of minutes. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I think it's one of the most interesting comp, um, arrangements, I guess, out of the, the horn, the horn songs. A lot. Some of them are a little bit more obvious, you know. Um, like we could we could play them. Touch me. 
Right. <laughs> but hearing like Susie Greenberg with horns is like, that's cool. But like Susie Greenberg kind of was made for horns. Yeah. Um, horns seem logical there. Yeah. And in a lot of these, like the, yeah, the more complex song, the lizards with horns, by the way, is, is really cool. But yes. I think, um, I do think the split open and meld is, is fun to hear. And like you said, only a few minutes long, but really great. So let's play it for the people. And we hope you're enjoying our little uh, leading you to dicks by by taking you back in time. And if if you if you don't, I'm sorry. But if you do, let us know. You know, if you have other ideas of things like this, we could do because we we like hearing from you. Or just yeah. send us emails with random thoughts. What's our email address, RJ? Good question. Um, <laughs> Helpingfriendlypodcast at gmail dot com. Okay. They could also like. Um and we don't say this all the time, and so no. I'm just going to say it here, and we probably won't say it again um, for a minute. Um, leave us a review on the podcast source of their choice. It's mm. really cool. Stars and reviews um, help other other people find the show, and those people who would find the show based on that are probably cool people just like you. I'm, yes, I'm, I don't mean you, RJ. No, listeners. no, I, I, I'm not. I don't think it's. I don't think it's about me either. Oh, okay. Find myself to be pretty cool sometimes. I think you're all right, dude. Sometimes I was not, talking you know? about them. Yeah, the, the listener. Yeah, listeners, we we like you and we think you're cool. I think is the point. And yeah, review us and and help us out. And also um, follow us on the internet's in whatever way you can. Goodbye. Right. <laughs> enjoy enjoy the split open and mail. <laughs> We're really messing with the uh, outros here. All right, I like it. Keep it loose. <laughs> Have fun, everybody.
100.7 WMMS. It wasn't just a radio station, it was a lifestyle. Cleveland is, is a rock and roll city for sure. I do like the chocolates. Get down! The Wrath of the Buzzer. WMMS. Cleveland. The rise and fall of one of the most iconic radio stations in America. Profiles. The Wrath of the Buzzard. P-R-O-H Files.
Subscribe now wherever you get podcasts. Hey, what's up? This is Blake Wyland. I'm the host of the Tone Mob podcast. It's a show where I interview guitar people about guitar stuff. We talk about their pedals, their amps, their accessories, their preferences, all that stuff, as well as a healthy dose of whatever comes up. Topics have ranged from aliens to addiction and anywhere in between. Oh yeah, and pizza. We're definitely going to be talking about pizza. So get the show wherever you're listening to this podcast at. Just search The Tone Mob in your search bar and it will pop right up. Come join us. We're having a lot of fun. Thanks for checking it out.